Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod. Here with Pacers Center, Miles Turner in New York. Pacers in town for a two games set with the Nets. Miles, how are you, man? Doing amazing, man. You know, coming off a great win last night. Team morale's high. Off back-to-back wins at that, and uh, you know, we're in a great place. Yeah, you made your debut the other night in Washington. Had a big performance and a win over them. And you'll play before I think people hear this pod on Monday. You'll be back on the court for the second game of this little set with the Nets. But let's start here, Miles. And <laughs> you you hear it everywhere. You've been hearing it for months. So I'll ask you. If you're the Lakers, would you do the two picks? Would you do the two picks? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's such an intriguing question. <laughs> at that, um, I think personally, you know, when you look at this business of the league and you know, knowing the landscape of the league, you know, you have to go off your future, right? And think, we we all know picks are so valuable in this league. And someone like myself, I'm heading into the last year of my you know my deal, and you want to make sure you know you're getting a return, you know, for your assets, right? So. You know, if I'm the Lakers, I take a very hard look at this with the position that you're in. I know what I can provide for a team, you know, my, my leadership, my shot blocking, you know, my three-point ability, and just my ability to make plays out there on the floor. And I take a very long look at it. But as far as pulling the trigger, you know, that's uh, – I get paid to shoot. Now, you know, I'm not meant to make these calls, so I, I couldn't answer that. <laughs> I, existing in that constant conversation, Miles, and you've done it really for a couple – for a few years now – where I think if the, as the Pacers have tried to figure out, you know, were they going to kind of take an exit ramp out of contention? They've certainly gone younger with a great, got a great young backcourt. We'll talk about them. But the, the only comparable player I can think of a little bit is Brooke Lopez, who was, you know, a high-level player like you are, who just went for a very long time in trade talks before he was finally moved. Even if you, and you, I think you're open to the idea that your future's probably elsewhere, what is it like just learning to play and live and exist with that uncertainty and every time you log on your computer, you see 10 new scenarios or people texting you because they saw mm-hmm. something somewhere. Does it take some getting used to? Absolutely. You tend to grow thick skin. I know my first couple of years, it really bothered me because, you know, when I'm looking at organizations that drafted me and developed me, it's like, you know, dang, do these guys want me? Do, you know, they, do they want me to be great here? Do they want me to be great elsewhere? You just don't know. But then you realize that you know, we as NBA players, this is a business. And um, that's the hardest part about coming to this league. You know, everything's fun before you get to the league, right? This is, basketball's fun. Is this is that. Don't get me wrong. Basketball's still fun. But as you start to grow older and come into this and all these millions of dollars are involved, you understand these organizations have to do what's best for them. And us as players, that do what's best for us as well. And one thing I've been a huge proponent of is just communication. And I will say the Pace organization has done a great job of just communicating with me. You know, stuff I see on the internet, um, if there's stuff that's true, they're going to tell me. If it's stuff that's smokescreen or, you know, stuff that he's going to put out there just to have an article for the day, they're going to tell me that as well. And I respect the Pace organization for that. But, you know, for me personally, I've just grown as the landscape of this league has gone along just to go out there and play, man. You know, once you step in between them lines, nothing else matters. You end up getting, and you say it's a business, and you end up getting the word asset is around. You're a piece. You're an asset. What is your value, right? And that's what's always being measured. A team is measuring if they're going to part with you. And clearly, they have valued you. They've had a lot of chances to trade you. They've had a lot of offers. There's no shortage of teams who who have wanted to add you. And so you look at it in one frame, it's flattering that they're just not giving, they just don't give you away. They value your talent. And other teams have to put a value on it. But it's like I said, it takes a while to, I think, 
process that in your mind, isn't it? That that's that's what this league is. Yeah, absolutely. I've garnered a lot of self love, especially over this summer, and I know my value as well. And I know that I'm a very talented player in this league, and I the future is very bright for me. You know, I'm starting to play the five role, right? You know, that's something I've you know haven't been able to do for the past three, four seasons now, and I know it's a, th- a role that I can really thrive in. And um, I'm putting my talents on display this year, and that's what I'm very happy for. But um, I do also know that you know with that coming into a contract here as well, you can't lose me for anything you know they can't have the notion of me playing out this year they don't trade me and it's like okay say you know free agency comes around and i don't resign here you know let's let's just be real and that this is bad an organization them not making a powerful move at that so they do trade me and they do get assets for me coming along you know they're doing what's best for them they're just looking out for doing what they're paid to do right and um there's no hard feelings with that and i completely understand that i've you know, I've grown up in Indiana. I've been there since I was 19 years old. And, of course, there's some emotional attachment to it. But uh, when it comes to this business, when it comes to, you know, just business in general, you got to try and cut those emotional ties. And I'm in a mature mindset, and I'm at an emotional state now where I'm just ready to hoop, man. And I'm just ready to go out there and just be myself and play. You mentioned the Lakers, Miles. And, listen, it would be a dramatic change to go from playing in Indiana to L.A. They're under a microscope there unlike almost any team in sports except for maybe your childhood NFL team, right? Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys baby, you know it. <laughs> there's probably two teams maybe if you want to throw the Yankees in there in baseball, but that's appealing, huh? Yeah, just playing in a playing in a bigger market, you know. I just feel here in the Midwest, we don't get the love that I think we deserve, you know, especially with such a blue-collar state like Indiana. You know, they love their basketball there, and I think they take a lot of pride in it. But it doesn't get taken on a national level. You know, we just played our only national TV game of the year, you know, a couple a couple of days ago on ESPN. Great showing for our organization, great showing for the team and the city um, at that. But um, you are in a microscope out there, uh, out there in, in, at the West. You know, when you're doing bad, you're going to hear about it. But when you're doing great, you're going to get a lot of love, you know, especially – um, with the love that the Lakers get, um, you know, I think that, you know, another aspect of that is playing with greatness and playing under LeBron. You know, I feel like he demands a certain level of excellency, especially at this point in his career. And it's just one of those things where, you know, when you're out there, you you got to perform, you know, and uh, people are going to expect you to go out there and uh, hold on to that legacy that the Lakers have built over the years. Do you and Buddy Heald, will, will you guys – have some fun with it sometimes you guys i mean it's because you're always tied together obviously in those yeah stuff. absolutely and buddy is someone that i've you know he lives in dallas in the off season someone i've competed against in college and you know we've been we've been tied for a while now and uh, the fact that we're out here playing on the same floor now is pretty dope man i i have a lot of respect for buddy in this game and um i think that <laughs> the funniest thing was after you know we both had you know great games against uh, washington the other night on a national level and the Lakers had lost that night. And, you know, our both of our Twitters, we were sitting next to each other on the bus, were just blowing up. And it was just a, a funny thing to kind of sit there, you know, just bounce ideas off each other back and forth or share memes and whatnot. And it was uh, it's one of those things where we're happy we're not, you know, in that fire, but we can kind of watch it from afar. It's like, hey, man, you know, they're talking about us. We both had good games. You know, you see this one, see this one, see this and that. So it's just part of what comes with it. Well, it's funny. Like, you'll look on Twitter some nights, and if the Lakers lose, you'll see, like, all of a sudden you start to see the trending names, and it's all of a sudden, like, you might not have played. You're not playing in Indiana on that night, or and Miles Turner is trending on Twitter, and then Rob Palenka will be trending on Twitter, right? <laughs> it's It takes on a life of its own, I guess. Yeah, and um, that's another thing I've also, you know, 
grown to accept. You know, I feel like a couple off seasons ago you had the Boston rumors, right? And um, I thought I was going to Boston. I thought it was a done deal. Um, you know, I was kind of just in my head was saying, all right, well, I'm about to pack up and move and go. And then obviously things, you know, didn't work out like that. I'm not just, I don't even know what happened, but I was in a Pacers uniform and I was ready to go. But once you've been through this a couple of times, you just, you know, like kind of alluded to earlier, you grow thick skin. And it's just like, all right, you know, if it happens, it happens. If not, I'm going to go out here and just perform. You know, my biggest thing, my biggest narrative is just staying healthy. You know, it's been, you know, rough over the past two, a uh, couple of years having to deal with these freak injuries. You know, my first year, it's a, uh, well, it was it was a uh, tear of like your plantar, um, damn, what was it called? Something in my toe, right? right. Just some random injury that does not happen to basketball players. Plantar plate, that's what it was. It was a plantar, partial uh, plantar plate tear. And then I have a stress reaction to my foot. Nothing, no surgery was involved in the past couple of years, and, you know, thank God. And it's just these weird out-of-pocket injuries I've had to deal with, and it seems like just stems of bad luck, right? I feel like I do everything the right way. I show up, consummate professional. I get my work in, and... Um, you feel like you have to get rewarded for that, right? But, you know, nothing's guaranteed in this league. And all I'm going to do is just stay healthy. That's all I care about. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last year, Pacers make the Doma Sabonis trade to bring in Tyrese Halliburton, and now here's the opportunity for you for, for what you would hope for, right? Mm-hmm. To to play the center position, to play the five. There had been such a you know period of time where I think organization was trying to figure out can they play you and Sabonis together? Is this working? Is it best for anybody? They make that trade, and then you get hurt and and don't mm-hmm. get to right close. Right, and um, I think the biggest thing was not getting that time with Tyrese. You know, we just played our first game together, really ever, um, against Chicago that first night, and uh, or that set, or what was like third, fourth game of the season. And then you know you start this season off. You know, you're just doing your pregame warm up, and then you you know step on someone's foot. Like it's just all these little freak accents that keep that keep that lining up. Um, but I've accepted it. I'm in a good place with it. And me and Tyrese are building more and more synergy. Um, and just being with this younger group of guys, you know, I'm, I'm a leader in this locker room now and I'm in my eighth season. I'm only 26 years old and I know I'm young, but I feel like some of the older guys, I bring up guys like Lenny Kravitz and no one knows who, who the <laughs> hell he is. And I'm just like, what is going on fellas? You know, but you know, it, it's a role I've accepted and uh, I'm just very happy with, uh, the fact that we have such a great group of guys that want to work. And, um, you know, I think the sky is, is the limit for Tyrese. He's in a, um, I think he's in a great place, you know, mentally and he's rolling right now. What happened? You mentioned the the injury of stepping on the, the foot of – I think there was some confusion initially about whose foot you stepped on. I think somebody said it was a ball boy, but it was not a ball boy. Maybe one of the performance guys or something. What mm-hmm. what, what, what happened? Because you, you, there's, there's always a congestion around the basket – pre-game right and probably maybe you feel like it should happen more than it does it does yeah. you know i it's it happened to me three four years ago in boston there was a, a ball boy under there and i stepped on his foot and i ended up playing that game but it's you know one of those things just kind of had to labor through so no i was going through my regular pre-game routine and um we have five uh practice players 
And um, one of the guys, uh, I, I, I went to go set up a little, we were doing like a mimicking screen and rolls and whatnot. So I was blindsided. I kind of set my screen and roll. I rolled and I was going up to go, um, you know, for a layup. And one of the guys got in the way. And um, I tried to step around him and I ended up, you know, stepping on his foot. And I, I think I could have played through it, but it was just a situation where it was the same foot that I had been dealing with, you know, throughout the offseason and rehabbing to get right. And it was a matter of, okay, you can play through it, but what if you start, you know, limping and whatnot? What if you start adding, adding, you know, extra pressure to this one spot because of a weird gait? And there were so many little intrinsic things that went into it that the training staff was like, you know what, just shut it down. Let's rehab this for a little bit and make sure you're completely right, especially start the season off, you know. People don't realize, you know, you see a little bit with Ben Simmons now, like when you miss all this time of basketball, it's hard to get back, like, in that shape initially you can try to simulate it all you want to you can try to go out here and um do your off-season workouts and play in practice but nba minutes are completely different and that's kind of where i'm at right now with it that's the reason i didn't play you know last night you know i'm still harboring some of his ankle stuff but a lot of it is just that reconditioning aspect of things you know playing back-to-backs playing 30 plus minutes a night and uh that's an important thing in this league yeah and you you mentioned the injury last year you and tyrese get together and then you go out it felt like there was momentum toward that deadline that there, there might be a deal for you. But once – I don't know if you felt the same way that, that maybe you weren't going to get past the trade deadline in Indiana last year. And then once you get injured, it's hard to do a deal. Yeah. Um, I think that we, me and the organization didn't have a, a real talk of, hey, we're going to trade you. Hey, we're going to keep you. Um, I heard rumors, obviously, just around the league, and um, you know, my people just kind of keep me informed and whatnot. Um, I think something wasn't going to get done. Um, I don't know where. Um, I don't know who with. But when you do get injured, it's like a damaged goods type of thing, right? We talk about assets and whatnot. You can't just deal off the damaged goods. No one knew the severity of my injury, my injury and whatnot at the time. I didn't even know it, you know, myself. And same thing. I was accepting of it. I was like, okay, you know, if I get moved, I get moved. Um, but you know, I am still very happy where I'm at. You know, I'm still, it's a sense of familiarity, right? And um, I'm still just uh, still here in Indiana, man. You, you know, getting the chance to play an extended period at center with the group you have here, two really good young guards and Halliburton and Matherin. I mean, these guys are, are dynamic together. You've mm-hmm. seen it. And you're the two-time shot-blocking champion of the league. You shoot threes at a clip. I, I don't think there's anybody in the league who combines those two abilities right shot blocking and and three-point shooting extending your range the way you've done grown in that area over your career would you like to be able to show people at that five spot over an extended period at 26 years old it it, it, when you should feel like you're you're just going into your prime that that you've yet to really be able to show people how impactful you can be at that position with the skill set you have and maybe there's an opportunity here to do that. I haven't even scratched the surface of my potential in this league, Woj, honestly. I think that I I don't take anything away from my experience playing the four. I think I've really learned the game and learned how to cut, learned how to play on the perimeter, learned how to read defenses and whatnot, and it's been good for my career. But I know I'm a natural-born five. You know, I, I display aspects of the game that a lot of fives don't necessarily do. You're going to have to learn how to do it at this state of the league. You know, everybody has to do everything now. But – I'm very excited to put you know the league on notice and to put the league on 
put and show the on full display what I can do. You know, I can I can I can post up, I can step out. You know, you mentioned I block shots at such a, at a high rate. You know, I think that it's hard to game plan for someone like that, for someone who can really impact the game in a lot of ways. There's three levels of scoring, right? And I feel like I can do that. You know, I can score on all three levels. You know, around the rim, mid range, three point. And I'm very excited to just to be back in my natural position and play, you know, with a team and a point guard who could put me in such great positions. And, um, you know, the league is, let this, is yet to see what I'm capable of. Your rookie year, you shot less than 15 three-pointers. And then from then on, over 100 a year. What, what point in your development, your career, as essentially a seven-footer, did you realize, I've got to add that? That's got to be part of your arsenal at this position. Was it not until you got into the league? I've always been able to shoot the ball. I think that, you know, my dad really, really, really installed it in me at such a young age. You know, you know, you watch the old NBA. There wasn't a lot of guys that were stepping out, you know, seven foot, six eleven, shooting threes and whatnot. And he told me from a very young age, Miles, you're going to have to be able to do everything. And I would actually, I fighted him a lot. I was like, no, I need to stick in the post. I need to work on all my touch. I need to work on all the stuff down here. And I was very you know, subjective. I was like, um, I don't want to do this. I just want to stay around. But he made me stay in the gym and work on that, like, thousands of shots a day. And, um, you know, it's always been in my arsenal. And when I got into college, uh, I don't think I was given the opportunity to step out and shoot a lot of threes either. You know, I was around the around the rim a lot. But I would always come back at night and work on my shot because I knew it was something I needed to have. And in my first year, you know, I got to give a lot of love to Frank Vogel. Like he was, you know, to this day, one of my favorite coaches I played under. You know, he didn't discourage me from shooting threes, but he knew I was more effective in that mid-range area. And he says, this is where you're going to make your mark in this league. And that's what we focused on a lot more. Then as I started growing with different coaches and whatnot and um, stretching defenses, I put a lot more work into it in the summer. So I've always been able to shoot the ball. But as the landscape of the league changed, I knew I had to adapt to, you know, where we were going. I think so much in this league now is when people think about who they're going to bring in or who they're going to keep is the intangibles of leadership, how they fit in. And I think you're, I think you've been living that here in Indiana where if your feet are on the ground there, you have a role to help grow those young guards, to help a younger roster. Like you said, like even at 26 guys don't even like they don't even get what music you're listening to, right? I mean, you're not that much older than, them, but but you are. It's a different, like how important is that? Have you found that, like, because you can handle being on, in trade talks all the time in a way. Some guys don't handle it the way you do. Some guys get more distant, separate themselves from the group. Like just let me know when I'm gone. That mm -hmm. you've approached it in a different way. I just don't think it's fair to the guys that have worked their entire lives to get here. You know, I feel I'm in a unique position, obviously, right? And it doesn't happen to, you know, a lot of people that they've stayed with a team this long. And I just want to be an example for these guys. You know, you have to be a constant professional in this league. Talent can only take you so far, you know. Um, the relationships you build over time, the, the people you're around, the bets you're around, play a big part in what you do. And honestly, all you have in this league is your reputation, right? You know, as you continue to keep growing and keep going forward, you have to have guys in the locker room that are able to display that. I've had good vets. You know, I've had the Al Jeffersons. I've had the PGs. I've had the guys that kind of show me the way with whatnot. PG was in a similar position, you know, before he, you know, he got him out of here. And I think he handled as best as he could. And, you know, as a young guy in this league, you watch 
everything the vets do. You know, you can sit there and say, oh, no, he's just doing his thing. No, you watch everything that they do. And I know these young guys are watching me and the way I handle stuff like this. So I can go out here and dismiss everything and just stay to myself, not speak, and just be about my bread and whatnot. And, you know, to the sense I am. But, you know, I also want to see a lot of these young guys succeed in this league as well. And we have the roster for that. So it's important to me to, you know, give the game that was that was given to me as well, and um, you know, I, I can't carry myself in any other way. How good do you think Halliburton's going to be? Oh, I think he's going to be great in this league, man. I think he he is so good, and he's still like what he's in his third year, I think, and he still has such a long way to go. We're seeing just a little bit of what he's capable of. I mean, he's doing everything going to his right hand, right? Wait till he starts coming off left and making these plays. Wait till he, you know, gets a little bit stronger going downhill. Like, there's little things that he can still add to his game that's going to take him over the top that he doesn't even necessarily need right now. And that's what intrigues me the most about Tyrese is that he has a maturity level, too, that he's reached. And it's hard coming from an organization like SAC, where you haven't made the playoffs and haven't played that high level basketball and asked to come in here and just lead a team, right? And I think he's handled it phenomenally. You know, um, he was in a position last year kind of similar. He thought he was going to be in SAC for a long time. And, um, you know, he got undercut a bit and had to come in here and be a professional. And he's handled it as well as anybody. I think that he's an all-star level talent. He's going to be Chris Paul, you know, type of uh, – Chris Paul type of guy for years to come, lead the league in assist. And um, I'm happy just to be – a part of it, you know, for the, for the time that I have, for the time that I can be, you know, this, by this young part of his career. And um, he's someone I've been a fan of for a while. I want to continue to watch him grow. Miles, how much thought have you given over time to when you play in a smaller market like Indiana, uh, you've been on teams that were in the postseason mm-hmm. and, and, and had very good regular seasons and people might even saw them overachieving, I think, earlier maybe in your run about to get individual recognition all defensive team defensive player of the year when you're leading the league in shot blocking when you're uh, you know impacting the game on that end how, how much thought have you given to like the criteria how the voting goes what kind of team do i have to be on to be able to maybe achieve some of those individual goals you know it's tough Walsh. i think that you know i've been one of the top defenders in this league for 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 some time now and we here in the Midwest, you know, in Indiana don't get that national coverage that, you know, I think we deserve at times. But you have to play with the, the cards you're dealt, right? Um, I think that, me personally, I feel that players and coaches should have more say-so in a couple of these individual awards. I understand the media comes out here and watches these things, and I have, I'm not discrediting the media whatsoever. But guys that have played in this league, guys that have been in these shoes should have a little bit more of that of that fandom with this, personally. I think that's how it should be. But, you know, I, I don't go against the grain with that. You know, I take it for what it is. I think that for me personally, I got to be a better rebounder. And I think that defensive rebounding, all type of stuff goes into awards like that. But as far as switching on the perimeter and guarding guards, I do that. As far as, you know, being a defensive presence, I think I'm one of the bigger ones in the league. Leading the league in blocks, I've done that. You know, I think I've done the things that at least be in the conversation. But, you know, when, when shares play something in that, plays a factor in that. And then being on TV and just being someone that people watch plays a factor in that as well. You know, when you only go off analytics or numbers, there's only so much of the game you see. But if you sit there and watch someone 
in this position and playing the way I play, you get a different appreciation for what I do out there. And um, I just wish more people would watch. But, you know, I uh, all I can do is continue to go out there and be myself, and you know, that's all I tend to do. They watch the Lakers. <laughs> they definitely do. I think that uh, – you know, when you're in a big organization like the Lakers or the Knicks or, you know, um, like the, the Mavericks, teams that get more of that coverage, you're, you're definitely going to see that. But uh, only time will tell. You know, you know, we talk about the Lakers and all of a sudden I get traded to OKC. You know, it's just how this league works. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's funny, you talk about the voting and you're right. I, I don't think there's an easy answer for it. Like, I, I have not voted. I don't – just a decision I made years and years ago for a lot of reasons, but I think especially when – the voting is tied to player salaries and payroll and the voting impacts team salary cap players um, ceiling on a deal or individual clauses and incentives and contracts. Like, I don't think we should be in the business of impacting that, but it was the players association and the league who decided that this is, would be the formula. And, and I don't know if you put that in the hands of, players front office as coaches there would probably be a whole i think there's a view of concern of like journalistically i think it's probably not the most sound thing but then what happens when you put it in those hands and they want to impact it's it there's no easy answer to there it. isn't yeah. and you know i think it's having the media involved is a way of making it more inclusive and that's a part of it i respect and when you have players Players are players have friends in this league. Players are guys that they lobby for and whatnot. So then it gets a little biased when you start voting those awards. So I completely understand why it can't be. We have in seen the like hands. some of the when they did uh, player all star voting. I mean, there were mm -hmm. some interesting names in all star voting. Like, didn't Ben Simmons get a vote last year from somebody? Probably so. Yeah, I think he did. Maybe you got guys getting lobby played, for him. right? Yeah. yeah, and you know, I think that that's a big thing. Is we're all competitors, but there's guys that you know you're fans of in this league. Like Kevin yeah. Durant for me, that's someone yeah. I. I love watching him play. I've loved watching him play for a very long time now. Um, someone I grew up, you know, looking up to, you know, went to Texas and, um, you know, was one of my favorite players growing up, some of the stuff I emulated, um, you know, being a player. But then you, know, you step out on the floor, you compete against him, you, you realize why he is who he is. So it's like, oh, I'm a fan of this guy, so see someone I give an all-star vote to. And that happens a lot more in this league than you think. And so I, I understand that that part of it, but – this league is all about just being inclusive, and people want to be a part of you know this, this the NBA and whatnot, and that's a certain part of it I had to respect. So I just let it do what it be. Well, Miles, I'm glad we finally got to sit down and visit. You'll be back on the floor Monday night yep. in Brooklyn. It should be an interesting environment there mm -hmm. on Monday. A lot happening there, and so best of luck the rest of this year. I know I'll see you. I'll see you down the road. Absolutely appreciate it, Will. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you to my guest today, Indiana Pacers center, Miles Turner. Be sure to listen to new and archived episodes of the Woj Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also listen to the Low Post Podcast with Zach Lowe, the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst, and the Adam Schefter Podcast with the great Adam Schefter. We'll catch you next time.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.